1: Any time during my 10 years, I could do this. Na 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 na. That's power. That's power. Comes down to Hartman's foot. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is up. And it's gone. Wolfpack wins. It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds Podcast. Here's your host,
0: James Curl. Yay! Yay. Welcome it's a to the house. Uh, Meteos uh, and the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Uh, glad to have everybody here that is in attendance, and we hope that you will join us sometime. Uh, you know, the uh, Christmas and New Year's holiday is over, so you've got no excuses to not come on down to Medios and hang out with us. We would love to see you. Uh, do definitely take advantage of all the specials that are available to you. Here at Amedios. Um students, I think, return to school on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're a student and you're getting ready to head back to campus, um, your student ID gets you discounts uh, on Tuesdays, and uh, you need to take advantage of those. Uh, Tuesday, I think you can get half off an entree, and then I think you get 15% off any other day of the week. So no matter what day you show up, if you're a student... You can get a pretty good deal here at the Medios and uh you know, they you know, the folks here at the Medios want you to come on down because you know, we gotta build a whole new generation of folks who uh grow up going to Medios during their college years. So I hope you you as a student will make it part of your college tradition here at N C State or any of the uh other local schools, you know. Uh, there's one in Chapel Hill we won't really worry about. But, uh, <laughs> you know, any any of the other local schools, uh, you guys are welcome to come down to Amedeo's as well. I think I just made it sound like folks from Carolina are welcome to Amedeo's. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: that's <laughs> not untrue. Maybe? If
0: you go to Carolina and you like NC State, you're welcome to come to Amedeo's. Yeah, if you
1: can bear red and <laughs> not get yourself kicked out. We know
0: a we know a guy. Josh Goodson uh, went yeah, to Carolina. Yeah, he's
1: like – he is the complete opposite of – the, yes, the general rule. Which right. Yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many times I go to class and see kids in Carolina, sh- literally in Carolina shirts on campus, yeah. and
0: they need to be shamed. I
1: can't imagine they had any friends. If, if you're
0: an NC State student, and you see somebody wearing Carolina gear, just feel free to shame them, uh, in you know, to an alarming degree. Um, don't actually. That would be. Don't ever uh, let them know that you heard that on the podcast. Cause, <laughs> Lord I'm okay with that. Probably some rule that says we could be held account- accountable for any action you take against <laughs> yeah, other students. In,
1: in today's society, someone and will find a way to blame you.
0: Kids today. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Matt, of course, is joining us this week. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt, uh, this is our second podcast in two days. We just recorded yeah. a show with the folks on the Red and White podcast last night and posted that. So hopefully you've had a chance to listen to that. The, um Folks over there, Dustin and Evan, they do a great job, and we had a lot of fun recording kind of a roundtable-type session mm-hmm. with them. Uh, and so, you know, we may rehash some of the uh, football content a little bit. We'll try not to uh, duplicate too much, but we had a pretty good in-depth discussion about, you know, the uh, football season as a whole, of course, the Belk Bowl and some other mm-hmm. things. So I encourage you to check that out, and, and be sure to give the, the guys over there at the Red and White Podcast a listen. I think you can follow them on Twitter, at Red White Podcast. I believe mm-hmm. is their Twitter handle. Yep. So, um, you know, give them a listen. They're good guys. We enjoy uh, hanging out with them in real life and also, uh, you know, over the airwaves, as it were. So, uh, let's start with football. Uh, the Belk Bowl didn't go as we would <laughs> have hoped. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Mississippi State, no doubt, was a very solid team, mm-hmm. uh, led by a very good quarterback. You know, they're, uh, I think, that he could be reasonably considered to be their Philip Rivers, you know a guy who um, you know pretty much rewrote all of their record books and mm-hmm. um, possesses a lot of that same uh, I, I felt like I was watching a little bit of uh you know not certainly in delivery or or the way he carries himself on the field but um, just his confidence level and the ability to make plays when mm-hmm. things seem to be, you know, when everybody else seems to be covered, you know, Philip and Dak both seem to have ability to find somebody that's open. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they had a great game against the state, started poorly, obviously. Um, yeah, first you know, play of the game. The first play of the game, throwing an interception, that really kind of set the tone for the rest of the evening or afternoon, as it were. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate way for the season to end because, you know, I felt like state, even if we hadn't come out of that game with a win, I felt like we were going to be a team that... Just be you know, competitive. Yeah, we would have been competitive, and being in North Carolina, I felt like would have given us a little bit of an advantage. I think we did have more fans there than
1: Mississippi State fans. I, I could be I th- wrong I, about I, that. I, I wasn't there because I had to work, but um, Dustin said I think that he was disappointed in the State fans over there, but mm-hmm. I don't think there were a ton of Mississippi State fans, but they were loud because they had those cowbells. Yeah, That was well, my... Reading from what he was yeah.
0: saying. And we we discussed at nauseum on the uh, podcast we did last night about how I feel like those cowbells should be banned and I think yeah, pretty it's, much it's, anybody who's ever faced Mississippi State feels like they should be and banned. It,
1: and it's not even a like we lost to them thing. It, it literally goes against the rule book. Yeah. This is an artificial noisemaker during right. the game. It's not an NBA game. You can't just where they play like you know, pump up music mid shot yeah. clock. It's you can't yeah. do that. It, it's in the rules. Why does one school get a Right. Yeah, and it's you know
0: it's a traditional thing for them and and in the SEC you know they all the you know crews the officiating crews who work those games know that uh, you know if they hear cowbells during you know the time leading I think it's after you break the huddle and then when you get over the ball
1: yeah I think it's when you get over the ball you can't yeah you can't ring it but
0: but I mean these were Pac-12 officials they had no clue and the Mississippi State fans knew that because I I clearly heard cowbells right. Up to and during the snap and after the snap of the football.
1: I mean, my question is, like you said, the reason that they let it go is because it's a, quote, tradition. But what's to keep us from having air horns or reggaeton horns or something? Like um, that, vo- would, I, that would actually
0: be kind of awesome. I would be all about Vuvazelas if we could get... Uh, I, I'll, I'll go reggaeton,
1: <laughs> reggaeton horns. Or just everyone put it on their phone with a yeah. little app where you can <laughs> yeah. play it.
0: The Mad Decent app. Just yeah. put that on there. And <laughs> just uh, it, it, one, Every game would sound like just a, a really horrible rap remix uh, of <laughs> I'm football. completely
1: down for that.
0: Um, yeah, it, it's, um, it's unfortunate. It is one of those things where it's like now it's, you know... Uh, well, I don't know. I, I feel like I've already wasted too much breath and energy on the cowbell thing. But it is what it is. It's unfortunate. And um, you got
1: to have more cowbell, James.
0: Uh, no, no, I've got enough to last me the rest of no, my life. No fever. And, uh, you know, as someone I, – I did manage to have a, a few Mississippi State fans troll me during the game. And, you know, they're – we're saying things like if you don't like it just shut us up by beating us or that sort of thing
1: were these were these tweets in english or were they in the <laughs> broken, mississippi in-
0: bro- broken english yeah um, yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah obviously we would love to shut you up by beating you but uh, in lieu of actually <laughs> we can't do
1: that we will outsmart you <laughs> in some form or fashion
0: in, in lieu of actually uh living the performance keep your cowbells quiet how about you just not do it in general yeah um but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the state ends in a, a loss in the belt ball. Um, we mentioned Jacoby throwing a pick on the first play of the game. I, I don't think he had a particularly strong game that uh,
1: the whole game. Yeah, um, I, I, the first pick wasn't. I mean, I guess he could have made a better throw. But he, we talked about it last night. He kind of turned around after the play fake and had a, two yeah. guys barreling down on him, and he just tried to get rid of it. He didn't. Yeah. It, I think any of us would have made the same. Um, I'm getting this out of my hands right now. Kind of right, thing. and I th- he may have already been into his windup by the time the uh, the linebacker was in his lap. Yeah, um, but at that point, you're adjusting a little bit, whether or not you think, yeah. your your is adjusting because this this guy's 250 pound guys running full speed at you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so he wasn't able to get all
1: all it, all
0: of it on the uh, throw and, and the, the second the pick. pick
1: he threw was just it was a good route. It was just a little underthrown, and mm-hmm. the guys that would make a good play on it.
0: Yeah, I think I uh, I was actually still at work at that time. I think. Um, you know, from what I gathered, if he had put a little bit more air under, it probably would have been a touchdown. So, yeah, you know, you take uh, that play away, and then you know the, um, you know the the muff
1: punt by Mississippi State, where we were called for yeah. you know kick interference, um, which is funny because I watched several games after that, and players were way closer than Samuels was
0: well i from what I could tell or what I read, uh, people were saying that uh, even though the replay obscured it as they were heading to commercial mm-hmm. uh the second replay showed that uh, one of our guys knocked knees with the guy right before the ball got there hmm. I, I
1: don't, don't know. know i I, had, did, I I watched it like six times and I couldn't yeah, trying to be objective and i i, I just didn't see that but yeah whatever
0: and then so I mean' didn't that, really matter in the end that's a play where state would have had the ball with a, a you know I think at the five yard line and they they, they scored.
1: Uh, Ray, well, I picked it up. Either way, they were on the five yard line. Yeah, so I don't think you're up.
0: allowed to advance the football on a situation like that. But um, I, I, I think you get the ball where the yeah. the fumble occurs. But um, either way,
1: you got got to think that you get some points. Yeah, out of
0: that. yeah, three guaranteed. Well, unless it's I, the start I'll, of the
1: Florida State game, <laughs> they forced the fumble on like the ten and got like negative one yard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess nothing's ever guaranteed. <laughs>
0: um, so. uh I guess maybe uh, you know, unless you have additional thoughts on
1: uh, the belt Bowl itself, uh, you know. I'm okay with uh, outside of this, you know, the obvious. Samuels, like, what in the world? Why is nobody giving him the ball? Right. Um, yeah. At least they, I will give him credit. They did get the ball to Hines a good amount. They gave him a chance. He did mm-hmm. pretty well when he had the ball. Um, and they, when they went to Ramos a couple times, who's the best playmaker in the receiver in receiving core, he did pretty well. But. Yeah. There's no excuse. And then you have Greenwich had one catch in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Samuels had three touches or whatever it was. Yeah. It's, you're kind of like, what are you, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. There was, um,
0: some questionable play calling, I think, um, which was, you know, perhaps indicative of, you know, parts throughout the, uh, the season, Mm -hmm. which may have led to, uh, one of the other things that we'll discuss here in just a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, there was definitely some head-scratching uh, play-calling you know, at, uh, in, during that game. and But, you know, defensively, too, I mean, we just, uh, you know, and I don't know if that's partly fatigue, but there were just plays where we were completely out of position. Mm-hmm. And, again, credit to Dak Prescott for his ability to see those uh, plays when they broke down on our side of yeah. the ball and take advantage of them. But, I mean, I think – There the,
1: were two touchdowns where there were, no one was in 20 yeah, yards as a receiver. Right, exactly. I, I mean, we could have thrown that pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- those are the things that really eat at you. Is you're like, why is you know, why is there safety always in, all the way in the middle of the right, field when you is, should be covered? In-
1: like the Clemson game, we played well. Clemson's just a better team. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't upset after that. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. But it, it just seemed like there were. If you play sound football, you can at least stay in the game, and they just didn't. And yeah. that was the mad, sad, whatever. Your emotion was that—that that was probably why you were feeling that. Not—not yep. not that you lost, because I don't think too many people had high expectations to beat a pretty good SEC West team that was at one point number one in the country last year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think many. We weren't favored at all, so yeah, <laughs> it was just hey, let's be competitive, give ourselves a chance to win. Yeah, but it, it just out once that fumble, that the punt, the muff punt thing didn't go our way. It was, it was yeah, that, curtains on it. That did feel kind of like the death knell.
0: Um. So the season as a whole, uh, again, as we discussed on uh, the show that we posted uh, yesterday, um, you know, I I think uh, that game, had we won it, the Belt Bowl, um, may have changed perhaps my opinion a little bit on the season. Would have felt like maybe we would, you know, could still feel like we were, uh, if not dramatically trending upward, uh, at least, you know, continuing the upward path. Uh, finishing seven and six with four of those wins coming against teams that were not, uh, you know, uh, we talked at nauseum during the season about how our schedule was mocked openly by uh, national writers, uh, and perhaps rightly so, but mm-hmm. uh, somewhat out of our control. Uh, certainly not Dave Doran's fault for that schedule being what it was this year. Right. Um, but then you lo- you look at what your other three wins were. It was BC, Wake, and Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. You know, we'll look back. I think at those Louisville and Virginia Tech games, and think about if we win both of those, certainly. But even if we just won, win one of those two games, certainly casts a different light on the season. And right. um, you know, so I, I don't know. I I don't know if you. Uh, I'm trying to remember what your answer was last night. Um, you know, did you feel like this season was a disappointment, uh, or
1: th- are, are we pretty much where we were at the end of last year? Somewhere between those two. Yeah. Um, didn't beat anybody good. The idea, you know, the it certainly wasn't an improvement. We can all agree on that. Um, it's I hate to be ambiguous because um, it's not you know the hot take or whatever, but <laughs> it's somewhere in between a disappointment and I think it's disappointing that they didn't improve. Yeah, schedule was there to improve. Right. Um. Right. You know, coming into the season, people were saying dark horse Atlantic, which was a little out of proportion, but. This was the year to beat Louisville. You know, you mm-hmm. got Louisville at home. This is your chance to sneak as a solid top three team in the Atlantic, which, you know, don't talk to any coastal people, is, um, <laughs> you know, a pretty impressive achievement. If you can get ahead of Louisville and, you know, distance yourself from the Syracuse, Boston, College, Wake Forest. Um, Louisville mm. was the next step. And then from there to compete with Florida State and um, Clemson. Mm-hmm. And when you can't beat Louisville at home, when they're not really, they still didn't know who their quarterback was. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson's turned out to be a really good quarterback. Yeah. But at that time, he was like three or what, five games into his career. We didn't mm-hmm. know if he was any good, if he could even throw a pass, and then you you know, you know, lose with or without Shad. I think that was a disappointment. I had said before that game that the Louisville game was the biggest game of Dave Dorn's career, mm-hmm. at State anyway, and they didn't win in a game that they could have won.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that game felt like a, you know, not like a game where we were just completely outmatched, but just – a lot of opportunities where State had a chance to win that yeah. game. And again, getting back to some of the play calling, you know, uh, we continued to seem to get away from some of the things that had worked earlier in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you mentioned, I think Shad was no longer in the team yeah, at that he point. Wasn't. But Days, we still had yes. in healthy. Days and Gillespie was still there. Yeah. And Same as and All those guys were available. And, and we seemed to, I think we got away from running the football, uh, you know, um, Jacoby had a really off day that day throwing the football. Yeah. He bounced quite a few passes. Um,
1: yeah, may, maybe that game even more than the Virginia Tech game. The Virginia Tech game was more for me a redemption chance to redeem for that. If you go and beat at Virginia Tech, you redeem yourself for the Louisville game. Yeah, and and I kind of just thought of this when I'm trying to voice my concerns with the staff. Is I don't. It's not like the players have fumbled a lot or dropped interceptions or dropped passes if you really mm. think about it. I can't really remember. I mean there's obviously every season you have a couple dropped passes. The Louisville game is what kind of brought that up Is I don't really there mm. was the fumble the Ramos fumble where he had the 56 yards or whatever got down to the two and fumbled. Right. That, right. but uh, that was early in the game. You can recover from those things. But it didn't seem like there was a lot of those this season, which is why I think it gets tough to blame the players as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it seems like they broke a good amount of tackles, you know when Hines and Samuels and those guys got the ball in good positions, they seemed to make the plays, yeah Ramos made some great catches this year. I think we finished with a positive turnover margin yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Season, and, and so. you have that in, I mean yeah, they had a winning record, so that makes sense, but I think the the positive turnover margin was pretty was fairly significant mm-hmm. um, usually it 's like plus nine or something 's great if you have that yeah. I think they were plus four or five and seven and six and playing you know Seven crummy teams. I think it, it may have even been even been higher than that. It but may yeah. have been. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, I mean, yeah. There, I think this will go down probably as a year that we look back and feel like this was an opportunity missed um, yeah. as a as a season of the whole as a whole. Um, and it, it felt very. Uh, the first four games felt very uh, disconnect disconnected from the the <laughs> back half because um, we were. We heard so much about how poor the schedule was. And mm-hmm. then, of course, we trounced through those first four games. And, you know, it, that was all expected. You know, the team looked great, very sharp. But by after the fourth game, we still didn't have any idea of what kind of team we had. Right. And then the the ACC season starts, and we lose that game to Louisville. Like you said, we had the Virginia Tech game to kind of redeem it. And we were up, and then we completely melted down. And so then from there, it um, you know, it uh, – you know, we won those games that we should have, yeah. the three we should have, but then we lost the ones that we didn't. And, and of course, you had the loss against Carolina when they had their special season. So yeah. uh, I think this will be a, kind of a forgettable year for for NC State fans on the whole. Um, you know, uh, as we mentioned, the uh, Canada era ends at mm-hmm. NC State. Um, he has been uh, let go. And, I, you know, there had been – uh, some talk, and, and uh, I think Evan mentioned it last night on the podcast that um, Doran and Canada perhaps did not see eye to eye on Man. some things.
1: Well, apparently, and, uh, in some form or fashion.
0: Yeah, and so, um, you know, I, maybe that's why we, uh, I think Evan alluded to the fact that after the belt bowl. You know, Dave Dorn had said uh, we wanted to get the ball more to, to Jalen. Yeah, we were uh,
1: both talking about that.
0: Yeah, and I was like, well, you're the head coach. I think maybe you can step in and, and intervene a little bit if you feel like he's not getting the ball enough. Um, maybe there's kind of a little bit of subtext to that friction. That, that yeah, uh, that's what I was occurring. thinking. So. Uh, I, I don't think at this point we've heard any real big names as candidates to uh, replace Canada at that coordinator there's, position.
1: There's been basically uh, people using the Who is Dave Doran followed recently. <laughs> one of them, Twitter coaching search. One of them was a was Georgia Southern's running back coach who got hired by Georgia as a running back running backs coach. Uh-huh. Um, Georgia Southern's offensive coordinator, who is yeah, – I know they run like an option, but I think he was at Sam Houston State and some other school. So he's like been at a bunch of different op- offenses. So that's in- interesting. Mm-hmm. He was thought to go to Tulane with their coach, but he's not. I think he's like not on their their like coaching staff list or something. Yeah. Um, and then Boise State's offensive coordinator is apparently like some hot up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. So it can be intriguing. At least that's a name. And then somebody threw out mm. Shane Montgomery I saw on Twitter. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, he's at Youngstown State, I looked up. Um, yeah, I think he was in Miami of Ohio at one point, uh, if yeah, I remember correctly. I think that's right, too. Um, yeah. So those are at least, if you want to have a name of some sort to research, those are the at least names that I've seen mentioned on Twitter and yeah. whatnot in texts and whatnot. So those are at least names um, in Twitter follows that we know at least yeah. – At least Doran's somewhat interested in some form or fashion in these guys. Um, And also, there's a small chance I think Des Kitchings could at least interview Mm -hmm. for the offensive coordinator job. If they did that, they'd have to bring in a specific quarterbacks coach because he's the running backs guy. Oh, gotcha. Um, So that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I guess, um,
0: you know, a lot of folks have uh, thought about, you know, what type of offense should State run. You know, spread seems to be, uh, you know, yeah. the the offense Which jour. is such
1: a generic, vague term. Right, right. Um, yeah. I, my offense is – a good offensive coordinator makes his offense whatever his players is. You, yeah. You just – players are, sorry. You get whatever – you go get the best athletes and you mold yourself around them. If mm-hmm. you're a good coordinator, you should be able to come up with a play.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's where uh, – I mean – Maybe that's where Canada failed. He was so
1: rigid in what Mm -hmm. he did, and we talked about last night. He scripts a pretty good first quarter, Mm -hmm. and then when it comes to freelancing, he's he just seems completely lost. Yeah, and if you've got weapons,
0: use them. Yeah, you know, uh, I joked that uh, you know. Canada's deceptive tactic was to go away from using any of his good yeah, weapons yeah. because nobody would expect you to not
1: use your best players. Yeah, throw out the uh, walk-ons. Go <laughs> to those guys. They'll be wide open. Yeah, but, now, If um, your walk-on's as good as Clemson's and like Hunter Renfro, then sure, use them. Right, right. But no, it's a little bit different. Can
0: we steal that kid or maybe borrow him? I don't get season? him to the walk-on or something. He could be Arbo Hines. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think, uh, yeah, you want a guy who you know realizes the talent that he has on hand. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Debbie's going to insist that whoever you know Dave brings in be a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. And Canada probably was not someone that was heavily involved in the recruiting. He he
1: recruited like the Raleigh area, Uh um, and (laughs) quarterbacks. So I mean, it's not he wasn't given a lot of leeway, which is why I'm curious to see what they do with Des Kitchens because he's wanted by other schools. I know that he's he's a good recruiter, good guy. Obviously, he's done well with the running backs. You know, Mm -hmm, they've been successful. Um, and I think they're going to have to do anything they can to keep him. And and it may just be something as simple as, "Hey, just give me a shot at an interview for the job. Let yeah. me tell you my philosophies." And we know he's a proven recruiter. Now, the the Boise State guy is like thirty something in his thirties, and a lot you know the George Southern guy is like fifty something, I think. But so I, I'm going to guess it's going to be a young up and comer. Try yeah. to try to create some fire. Mm-hmm. See what you can do. Um and Doran's got two years left on his contract and he's not certainly not gonna get extended after this year, I would hope. Um mm-hmm. so you're basically saying, Hey, here's a two year trial for you to make your mark. We have the weapons here, we we have a young offensive line, but you know, you have three, four guys that are game changers. Right. Well, um, I
0: guess maybe that closes the book on the season. Well, I guess we should also mention uh, Mike Urenovich is also moving on yeah, to uh, the offensive coordinator at uh, Northern Illinois,
1: which is good. That's a, I mean, that's a credit to Dorm. You know, we're mm-hmm. kind of not slamming him, but we're looking at some of the negatives. And mm-hmm. he's hiring, I mean, these guys are moving from position coaches to coordinator spots. Yeah. yeah. It's, and Eddie Faulkner is interviewing for Ball State head coach. So he, you know, he's a fullbacks, tight ends coach obviously he did a good very good job with Jalen Samuels and Greenwich is very good, so he's doing well on the coordinator on the mm. position coaches and I think Ryan Nielsen's a great coach, yeah so um you gotta give him credit for that at least,
0: yeah, I just wonder if uh whoever our new coordinator that we bring in if if he would retain the position coaches that we already have and work with them or if he would insist on bringing in well the, there's some only of his be two. Guys.
1: So there's receivers coach and running back coach because Juremovich was the O-line and Canada was QB and OC. And Kitchens and, did. And Kitchens is running backs. and Did McDonald handle wide oh, receivers? Oh, McDonald. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. McDonald is just – I don't remember if I said receiver. So you have McDonald, Kitchens, and um, possibly Faulkner coming back. So Right. I think that – I think Dorn would probably be like, look, if you can get – you know, you pick which I, they may hire an offensive line coach as the OC. You, we don't know. Yeah, he'll probably be able to pick the other guy. He'll pick you know the other guy, but I, yeah. I don't think he'll just shoot guys out the door because those positions have performed relatively well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, I, and maybe this is a, another podcast for another time, but the dynamics of hiring you know a coordinator because I'm, I'm visualizing kind of an organizational tree where you. Have I was say the top, tree. <laughs> you know, and then you have your two coordinators, and mm-hmm. everybody flows underneath. Um, you know, when you replace the middle of the tree, one of the middle branches where other branches presumably yeah. uh, are subordinate to, how does that work when you plug a guy into the middle of that structure? I think it's the um,
1: coordinator comes to the, man- the manager. I'm thinking regular job. Um, <laughs> coordinator comes to the head coach and says, this, These are the guys I like. What are we going to do here? I think yeah. it's got to. He doesn't get autonomy for his hires. I think it's, it's right. a joint decision, and the yeah. head coach has the final say, and then obviously Debbie Yao has the final, final say. <laughs> yes, and I'm, I get the impression that – And even that then, that, Wendell Murphy or somebody, whoever's yeah. writing those
0: checks, has, probably has that too. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I, again, I think this goes down as a year that's a little bit disappointing because there was you know, some opportunity to show continued improvement. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I don't know how things will go defensively. Um, you know, I, if I would have wagered, I probably would have guessed that Huxtable, not Canada, would have been the guy that got replaced. But um, as we discussed again last night, and, I, and maybe it seems like I'm overly pushing the podcast that we recorded. Um, it's a good listen. But, um, you know, maybe Doran takes more of an active role in coaching the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Um, who knows? Um, maybe we'll learn more about these things as the off season yeah. unwinds. So. Uh, let's take a quick break uh, and switch gears. We didn't talk any basketball last night, so let's uh, take an opportunity yeah. to dive into the that fun, fun world of <laughs> NC State basketball here on the Riddick and Rules podcast. So what is it that people like most about Ammedia's Italian restaurant? Cool atmosphere, lots of state memorabilia, tons of memories, just lots of things to reminisce about. The food's awesome. I've had just about everything on the menu, and it's all great. Chicken wings, hamburgers, lasagna, pizza, it's all great. I love coming. I've been coming here 30 years since I was a kid, man. Find your own special reason for loving a Italian restaurant in the heart of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, folks, welcome back to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Let's talk a little basketball, the round ball, Switching from the pigskin to the uh, fake leather that they now use because PETA insists on it. (laughs) Um, Not going so well. Uh, Or at least, uh, I guess... It was okay. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's just it, really. It's recency bias. Um, The fact that we lost in such heartbreaking fashion to Virginia Tech uh, has really got me down. You could
1: have just left the fact that we lost to Virginia Tech.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The heartbreaking fashion is implied. Yeah, yeah uh yeah a uh seventy three sixty eight overtime loss uh state had led by i think as many as sixteen in the first half, I think I heard, and then something like eleven in the second half, and then Virginia Tech i mean you know give buzz credit uh they kept chipping away at it and uh forced overtime, and state just did not what need what they needed to do do what they needed to do at the end of the <laughs> game uh particularly at the foul line to salt the game away um i i i have a an axe to grind when it comes to f- foul shooting just because oh, I feel yeah. like it's something that you know some teams are better at it um and we're not at it <laughs> um and so
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's where he, he, the people that hated Herb deck i mean that that's got to be the one thing you have to at least. Give him. Yeah. Every, well, every player on those teams could shoot free throws.
0: Yeah, I think one year we led the country in it was foul like shooting. 78% or something. Yeah, was some
1: ridiculous number.
0: And I want to go back to that and see, you know, were there games where every other metric said we should have lost the game, but we ended up winning because yeah. of foul shooting. It would be an interesting case study if I really cared to uh, waste <laughs> the time in it. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, it just seems like something that, um, you know, As a layman from the outside looking in, it seems like something that some teams are better at and must be practicing in a better way than than we are. Mm -hmm. But uh, as people have reminded me several times on Twitter, you don't know what's going on in practice. And so you're right, I don't. I'm sure they do practice uh, (laughs) how to hit clutch free throws. Um, They just didn't in this game, and it ended up costing us, I think – in the overtime period, we shot forty-two uh, percent from the line, and oh. that that was with Cat Barber hitting three of four. Yeah, so the rest of the team was Maverick missed one. I think BJ and yeah. Or something. Your other uh, foul throw contributors were. Foul throw. <laughs>
1: Uh, that sounds that, that sounds more accurate. You said foul throw, which <laughs> actually sounds very accurate as were, to the uh, motion of. Yeah, they were very foul throws. Uh,
0: 0 for two for Abu, one of four for Bj, and then
1: one of two for uh, Maverick. Maverick, um, and I hate it for Bj because he he played really well, and he mm-hmm. almost played too well because he got getting himself to the line. He was overpowering but the the free throws negated everything he did a good job rebounding he had five or six blocks um
0: and i don't know what it's like to have massively huge hands yeah so, I, <laughs> you know when a when a basketball is roughly the size of you know yeah, be a, like us
1: shooting a baseball in yeah if
0: you're shooting a softball essentially um I, maybe it's not as easy to you know get the same amount of um you know follow through uh, motion as we would think but um You know, if you're a guy in his position, or any of the Fords for that matter, you know, if you're, you know, one of your prime functions is to attack the basket and and try to, you know, put up shots by the goal, finish by the basket, you're going to get fouled, you're going to get trips to the foul line, you know, those are points that you're just leaving on the table, and it's as we saw in this game, it ended up costing NC State. So, um, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating, but of course. Foul shooting wasn't the only reason we lost this game. Um, you know, Virginia
1: Tech just you know outplayed State down the stretch, and you know it's. Um they they just kept hitting shots. It seemed like every time Hudson or Allen was it left their hand, you were like, "That's going to be in." I think Hudson mm-hmm. missed like one shot at the end. He yeah, fouled out once the game was out of hand, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and Seth Allen's a big pickup for Virginia Tech. He transferred yeah. from Maryland, and and you know he uh is now eligible to play this season so he'll be a contributor for them all year and um you know uh it, i think Virginia Tech is going to be a tough out for most of the teams that they face but you know we if, if you if even if you're on the road if you get a team down by double digits in the second half that's a game you got to finish oh, yeah. out especially against you know projected you know bottom half i was going to say
1: they, it's not against duke or carolina right or- you know, maybe yeah. Maryland from the years before where that happened. It's, yeah. it's this against a team that you sh- once you get there, you should be—they should be dead. Yeah. yeah. So
0: from here, State tees off against Louisville on Thursday. <laughs> tees off against, uh, and then faces a, a sneaky good Wake Forest team on Sunday. Um, they pushed Louisville to the uh, to the brink. I think Louisville ended up winning that game. Mm-hmm. If I'm they mistaken. almost beat
1: Xavier. Mm-hmm. they they're they're competitive. They're not going to get blown out. Yeah. Why and not? that's
0: that'll be our trip to Winston Salem well, for that that's game.
1: That's almost guaranteed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, so this could potentially be a pretty rough week for uh, for state basketball. It could also
1: be a redeeming week. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. you,
1: I, like, I you, I'm not super super <laughs> optimistic usually, but <laughs> the way that ACC basketball and state basketball you under especially under Godfrey, you never know.
0: Yes, this they is c- true. They could
1: go out and beat Louisville and beat Wake Forest by ten. I, I I don't know. Yeah. As much as they rely on Rowan and Martin to keep shooting threes, which (laughs) the last five games hasn't been pretty, but, Mm. you know, if the law of averages comes through and they hit, you know, 8 of 12 combined, and Cat plays well, could beat anybody.
0: Right. Yeah, um... You know uh cats just as we've said all year, got to get more help from the other te- guys on the yeah. team. He's still playing forty minutes a
1: game, uh, I think did he play all forty five of so. that I think so he's got to be averaging thirty nine yeah at some point, he may be averaging over forty minutes a game. <laughs> I had that thought during the game
0: yeah if we if we get into enough We're overtime here four more <laughs> overtime games. Yeah, he could wind up being one of the first or maybe the only player in NCAA history to Probably average. since,
1: like, 1920. There's probably some guy that, like, you know how pitchers used to pitch, like, 592 <laughs> innings or something in majors? That's what it's going to remind me of, like the Christy yeah. Mathewson of NC State basketball. <laughs> the, the Ty Cobb. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I
0: I've still, like you, have concerns about burnout as the season wears on, yeah. but um, we'll see. Um, you know, I... I appreciate your optimism. I'm hopeful, then, that... Uh, it, it's it's uh, more
1: it's more hopefulness than <laughs> optimism. Let's not get that confused.
0: Uh-huh. It's... it's yeah. I, I And
1: and maybe it's good that you clarified that it uh, is so hopeful. <laughs> it is, it is that. not optimism. Um, that, that implies, <laughs> like, I would maybe put money on it or... Right. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> so when chips it's are down... That. It's more, hey, yeah. I'm going to cover my bases, say we could win it, yeah. as well as, hey, I mean, I would love to win it, so... Yeah, Uh, and crazier things have happened, I guess.
0: Yeah, just looking at the schedule, it's 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 going to be a rough uh, first half of the the schedule because, you know, Florida State uh, they're having uh, a time with Carolina right now, but uh, (laughs) you know they're more talented this year than they have been in years past, and of course then we got Carolina and Pitt and Duke and Duke twice. uh, We get Georgia Tech, maybe that might. And they've
1: been improved from last year. It's that's. I mean, they're not like great, but they've. They're beating the, some teams, and they're playing other teams better than they used to.
0: The Brian Gregory redemption e- tour. E- the redemption tour. Adam <laughs> Smith
1: is going to single-handedly get him a one-year extension.
0: <laughs> Which I'm sure a lot of Georgia Tech fans would just absolutely love.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's like, um, like, well, it's, I was going to say it's like Paul Hewitt. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, he he would do that, and all of a sudden – his team was just kind of sneak into the playoffs because he he rode that national semi national runner up for like six years of goodwill.
0: Well, he he parlayed that into the best uh, college basketball coaching deal of all time. Yeah, uh, with the perpetual rollover, it's
1: the Bobby Bonilla of college yeah. athletics.
0: Yeah, so that I think that that was uh, the bulletproof vest that Hewitt wore <laughs> all those years. Uh, Gregory does not certainly have that. In fact, I think they're still paying for both Hewitt and Gregory at the same time. <laughs> But uh, anyway, we'll see how this plays out. You know, um, uh, I think this is going to be just a, um, you know, kind of a wait-and-see deal with NC State basketball this year. Yeah. You know. I, again, appreciate your hopefulness. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I shall hope. You know, maybe if we do get a win against Wake, uh, Louisville and Wake Forest, and we come back next Monday, my tune will change. But yeah. uh, it feels a, a little a little bleak at this point. Um, and maybe I'm heaping a ton of stock on Virginia Tech. We did get a pretty decent win against Northeastern. Let's not overshadow that. I mean, yeah. you know, Northeastern will be a, a pretty decent team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the
1: question is, is it going to matter enough yeah. in March? Yeah. Are we going to be five games away from having any chance to make it, or is it going to be an yeah. actual helper?
0: It would be a resume builder if our resume was in question. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I'll try to gain some, a little bit of that optimism. But uh, <laughs> uh, this is obviously going to be a very short segment because uh, if I go on too much longer, I'm just going to get more bleaker and bleaker. You we'll uh, have to get some <laughs> tissues out <of> here. <laughs> But uh, we shall, uh, unless you've got any more thoughts or things like that, just... Go wrestling. Go, yes, yeah, go wrestling. wrestling is doing well. Uh, yeah, wrestling they is doing great. play
1: Duke Wednesday in Durham.
0: Yes. Uh, and in and all seriousness, if you're in the area, uh, go out, support them. Those guys, you know, our teams who are performing well do need your support. Lord knows they need more coverage from me on this uh, podcast, and I've woefully <laughs> underrepresented them uh, so far, so my apologies to them. But... Um, they're doing well. Rifle's doing good. Uh, you swimming, know. Sw- swimming. Swimming, Swimming, diving is great. Yes.
1: Men's soccer's not bad. So, yeah. Know, every, the sky's not falling, but it's just not, <laughs> it's not doing the yeah. hottest for the sports that Yeah, in, in, the in,
0: in the In the primary, uh, sp- you know, the spotlight sports that we tend to focus on here on the show, it's been a little bit of a rough uh, month here for us. So maybe our fortunes will turn here in the uh, Baseball coming Baseball would
1: be nice. You know, that yeah. seems like they have a potential so yeah,
0: yeah. It, uh, we'll be talking about baseball before you know it So yeah, it's like February or something yeah like. alright well uh, with that said I will thank Matt again for his contributions on this show thank you sir mm-hmm. and uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Riddick and Reynolds podcast
1: <laughs> ever since I left the city you got a reputation for yourself now Everybody knows and I feel left out, girl, you got me down, you got me stressed out, cause ever since I left the city, you started wearing.